Well, hello, friends, and however you are listening, thanks for being a part of this episode of On Grace. I'm sitting across the desk from not one, not two, but three high-quality individuals, a veritable Huey, Dewey, and Louie of genius (laughs) and creativity, not just Wayne and not just Wendell, but the creative genius known as Jim Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Hello. Am I too closer? (laughs) (laughs) Right there? (laughs) You can can get a little closer, you know. All right. It's not awkward. (laughs) Hello, Wayne. Hello, Wendell. And hello, Jim. Welcome. We're really glad you're here. Sorry, (laughs) Wayne. You're good. I'm just going to say I'm here. (laughs) Although I'm not sure that I want that on record, but I am. (laughs) Yeah, so we we always sit around and jaw about what we're going to talk about. This is Wendell, by the way. I guess you could recognize that ugly voice. But we sit around and talk about what we're going to talk about, and we figured uh, Jim is a graphic designer. He's... Got art coming out of his ears. Been doing it for years. Um, we were going to talk about, talk about grace and art, but in the course of the conversation, um, it, it dawned on us that it might be fun to go another direction, and that is uh, grace and tension. And uh, Jim had a good um, – you went to the 815 service here. and t- Tell us a little bit about what you saw there. Well, I am, uh, I am 48 years old. And I think I'm probably a youngster at the 815. <laughs> at the, yeah. Yeah. Eight, yeah, 815 service. Yeah. Right so it's it's an it's an older crowd, I guess. Yeah. 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 Is that bad? Am I? No. Am that's I saying good. bad things? You're no. saying good things. Okay. Yeah. You're gonna, you're just observant. There's nothing wrong in being observant. But it, but it's you know but the reason I do the, like the 815 that I don't go to anymore is, um, it you're out by 915. Who? Get it over yeah, so you, you get it all, and they do communion every Sunday. So cool. that, that's a big deal, being raised Catholic. That's a big deal. Oh, cool. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. So tell us about what you, you uh, Pastor Adam was, that's our, our one of our pastors here at the church. Yeah. Well, I love, I, I guess, tension. I like a, well, I, I always say I would like a good fight, more or less. Not that I like to pick fights, but I've always been like, um, what is it like that? I don't even want to say outcast, but I've been like the art, you know, the the art, the artist, the skateboarder, the punk rocker. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to call myself those things, but people have called me those things. But so it, I've, I've been, been called trained, worse, Jim. Yes. Well, <laughs> I've been trained to uh, to deal with that kind of stuff. So I kind of like like it when things kind of go against the grain. Yeah. 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 And so. um I was talking about when Pastor Adam was talking about, um, what is it, uh, doing his brother's wedding, who his brother was marrying another man. Yeah. And when he was talking about up there, I could see some of the people uh, getting upset, you know, just kind of like, you know, doing their neck and that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff I like. That yeah. That is where I see God working. Yes. And, and, you know, and in, in, in a current in a kernel sense, that's what we want to talk about today is those when you see those moments, either in somebody else or you experience them in yourself, when you feel that tension of, ooh, what do I do now? I'm faced with this situation that makes me very uncomfortable. And I know what the book says, but I know what my heart says. What does grace say? You know, where where do you go with this? 
Yeah, I think there's – we kind of think that grace always eases the tension, that it's something that softens the edges. Yeah. When the reality is a lot of times grace makes us aware of those edges and alerts us to the fact that there's some tension there so that we can participate in the tension, not just ease it or, or fix it, but how can I be part of this tension in a way that's uh, healthy and redemptive and is a sign of the presence of the kingdom? Yeah. Um, man, what do I say? Are you going to cut out like the lulls? Or are we just going <laughs> no, man, live? Just going for it. We're oh, live. Man. This is this it, is dude. Pressure. There's y'all no pressure. Really, I love this podcast. Y'all are really good at this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's so, why we brought you here. Yeah. Yeah. We will pay you later. <laughs> and so I'm trying to think like, and I kind of get, and I don't know, like I've been reading so much. So I've, like I'm a new Christian. So all of this is like uh, new to me. So I'm reading the Bible for the first time. I am, like, getting so much information that I can't, it's hard for me to even keep up. I found myself, I I thought I wanted to do what youth, like, help with the youth, but I was, those kids knew more than I did. (laughs) I felt like I was, because I was listening. Like, I was doing Bible study with, you know, sixth graders myself. So, um, what one thing that that I like is, um, oh, man, see, I got to stay on track is I feel like even like Christians like paint themselves or like surround themselves in, in a wall. Uh-huh. So they just think they're, they're right. So like when I saw that, witnessed that whenever Adam was saying that, like that's, that's like a, like that wall was kind of breaking down a little bit for that person in church. And I feel like that's where, where God comes in. It's through the, you know, like through the cracks, that's how light comes in. Right. As silly as that sounds. No, but you, you know, spot you know on. I mean? Yeah. And, and, like, you know, because you see, like, like I, I was very comfortable not being a Christian. And I painted, uh, you know, I put myself in a wall. And then when that wall started breaking down, when I could no longer not believe, that's when that's when I found God. And is that grace? I don't wow. know. Is yeah, that grace? Yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of weird. So all humans do that, Christian and non-Christian or whatever whatever label you want to put on them, people want safety. They want safety and security inside that little wall. Yeah, yeah. And and it's usually something that's familiar. It's probably something they were brought up with or maybe have developed over the course of decades. This is my mindset. This is my outlook on life. And so grace comes along, and the tension of it is is the breaking of that wall. Which is an act of grace. Right, yeah. right. Which is, well, it is destruction, but it's also for our redemption, for our healing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there's, um, whether it's a biological tendency or just like a comfort tendency for us to pursue routine, like we want to put everything that we can on autopilot. And I even think about like how much of my daily life is, well, I wake up and the first thing I do is reach for my phone and then and then I do this and then I do this. Jim, I know like you right, you put on your Instagram story, here's the routine, I turn on the music, <laughs> yeah, get the screens yeah. going, whatever. Yep. Um so whether whether it's a way we think or things we do or whatever, like there's a routine to it, there's a uh, a system to it, and it's only when that system gets interrupted um or there's this disruption in the routine that 
we wake up and start paying attention. Thank you, Sister Mary Clarence, Sister Act Two. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that. Oh, <laughs> I'm we, sorry. Your your reference, like Billy Ocean, and Sister Act. I'm not. We are. <laughs> oh my! There's t- folks, folks. There is tension here in the room. There's yeah. tension here in yeah. the room. Thanks for listening to this episode. <laughs> We're gonna call it a call it done, so we can uh, very quickly. Yeah. Just don't say anything bad about the Jazz or John Stockton, please. Don't say anything bad. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Y'all talked about that on the podcast. John Stockton. <laughs> uh, you've never seen Sister Act Two, Sister. Or have you seen Sister Act One? Uh, no. Oh no. These are good movies. You need to check them out. Well, talking right. about disruption, right? Like, yeah. that's the whole movie of Sister yeah. Act 1 and 2 is how Sister Mary Clarence disrupts the convent and then the school and allows grace, like real grace, yeah. to come in. I had no intention of talking about Sister Act. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a super good example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super good example. But it's a... It's, uh, I don't know. It's it's this it's this thoughtless, robotic living. That's why people are exiting religion. That's why, it's we don't want to live like robots. We don't want to live without thinking. People want to think, and people want to struggle, and people do want the tension of trying to figure out this thing called life. Yeah, I read this uh, this book recently about millennials. And the guy was saying, you know, we kind of think this idea that we should, how do we market the gospel to millennials? Oh, my. And the real question is, what can we learn from them about the gospel? Because they're, they, they you know, how you generalize people, but this idea that experience is more important than knowledge. I think there's something to that that we experience grace before we understand it, that you almost can't preach people into grace nearly as easily as you can extend grace to them and as yeah. they experience it. That's what counts. And it's really not important that they be able to define it or label it or even name it. But if they, as they experience it, it kind of it's like that seed that takes root in their heart and they recognize that this is what I've been looking for. This is something that's real uh, that I want to explore and discover and figure out more stuff about and experience more. And so that's kind of what what millennials do is, you know, they don't want that safe, secure. They want to discover something with meaning to it. And I think that's what, what grace does. It helps us experience it. Um, you know, the, the old paradigm is you get it in your head, and then you get it in your heart, and then it goes into your hands. But I think the way Jesus yeah. kind of did it was you get it in your hands first. Yeah. You experience it. Yeah. And then it gets into your heart. Yeah, there's something here. And maybe you get it into your head where you can explain it and understand it. And we kind of got it backwards. Um, Jim and I have a history of about, what, 12 years ago working at a... Kaleidoscope. In Kaleidoscope. I was like the the band teacher, and he was like the screen print teacher. And we kind of knew each other there, but didn't even know each other that well. But I remember, and, and you say you're a fairly new believer, but I remember back then thinking... There's something different about this guy. He gets grace. He gets generosity. He gets kindness. He gets. So when you, quote, became a Christian, 
I was like, no, you've you've always <laughs> you've always kind of been. Yeah. So when you say stuff like you were trying to teach these youth about the Bible, it's it's like, well, no, you didn't know what verse or chapter that came from, but the living out of generosity and kindness and grace. Yeah, yeah you've got that in spades, PhD. dude. Yeah, you got a PhD in that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, before I was a, like, I used to say the craziest stuff, like, but before I was a Christian, like, I knew when I was, like, I, I would say things like, I didn't need religion. I, I could not believe in, in God, but I was a fan of Jesus. It was like, and, and he was in my artwork my whole life. Um, but I, I, I thought he was more, I thought he was a folk, a folk hero, you know, based in, but I, I could not, I didn't, never took that leap of faith. So, um, you know, I'd say, well, you know, that's the only thing keeping me from, from being, a, being a Christian because I, I knew when I was doing, I felt it oh. when I was doing oh. bad and then doing good. It's just like, or, or I just, I never thought, oh, I'm going to do something good today. It's just something that I wanted yeah. to do. I, I like talking to people and the most, like they're like, I work at a, I, at the job I work at, there's some people in there that nobody even talks to. They don't even know their names, but they don't even say hello or, or, or any of that kind of stuff. And man, that, that, that stuff, that just breaks my heart. I can't, I can't, but those are the people that I like the most. Right. I like the, I like feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Is that, you know what I mean? That yeah. Makes any, yeah. And, and so having, but having, it's not like, uh, uh, the thing I struggle with now is, is, um, and like what you were talking about last podcast, or no podcast before, is is going through uh, I guess seminary is that what it's called? Preacher school? Right. Yeah. <laughs> going to yeah. preacher school? Yeah. Like you know you gotta get your numbers and all, like that, like that kind of stuff. Like, like there's um, there's been a couple of times where I've I've maybe invited someone to church and uh, I don't think the timing was just right. But I also wasn't trying to time. I was just like, right. hey, you know, yeah. like. If you want, if you're interested, because that's what happened to me. Someone was like, "Hey, if you're, if you want, if you're interested, you ought to maybe go." Mm-hmm. So that's right. how I ended up coming here. Yeah. But actually, the first time I came here was a punk rock show in the basement. <laughs> yeah. There you it go. And, and you, window and, was actually playing yeah. that show. <laughs> you don't I'm recognize rock. him. He's yeah. not wearing his makeup, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a rocker. I ain't a punk rocker. It Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> so, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. That's. that's great. I'm just, I'm, I am. Very grateful that that for to have faith. To, I mean, it, it's just like, you know, at 47, I figured out that my my biggest hero. It's real. Yeah. And that that is, it's almost, Dang, more, it's almost more than I can cool. handle. That's it, cool. You know, you know what I mean? It's just more than I can handle. And <laughs> and I and I see, God in like the, like I always felt like, um, I would say, and again I said would say dumb stuff. You know, you know why is this happening? Why is this happening? If if God's here, show show me. You know, let show yourself or whatever. But now that I believe, I see it everywhere all the time, in just so many right. different ways. Wow, Jim. Let me ask. um, Do you think that you would you would be where you're at without your willingness to be uncomfortable? I feel like my whole like is 
my barber said one time when I, I was talking about becoming a Christian, and she said, um, right now, with I guess Trump and all that stuff, and um, and her sexual orientation, she was like, it's really hard for you to be a Christian. I don't know why you would be a Christian right now. And I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, man, this is my this is my time. This is my time. This is. Uh-huh. This is uh-huh. really, so, so, but it's like, do you have to, the people say just the littlest things? And sometimes I'm like, did that really happen? Did that person really say that? You know, like it just because because when I became, you know, I was very uh, like I when I got my faith, I was like, man, I, I I got it. And some people, some some of my friends were like, hey, you need to cool it. You got to cool it down. You know, you're you're embarrassing yourself and da da da. And, and I am like. I am like I've been told I'm OCD, and I get real excited and get worked up, and I'm just like I consider myself like a juggernaut. Like I build up speed and I don't <laughs> stop, but I also lay a path of destruction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so. Well, um, I, when I was questioned one time going into Kroger, I, I had a conversation. This was before I was coming to eight fifteen, and like right when we were, I was saying bye to this guy. He was like, just turned around. And he said, "Make enough noise for everyone to hear." Thanks for listening to this episode of On Grace. That was me, Jason Brown, with Wendell Van Valen, Wayne Hunter, and Jim Madison. You can find some of Jim's tremendous artwork at printmafia.net.